Who are the biggest winners of Utah's transfer portal additions? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is JT Wister, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. would love to interact with you guys on social media. You can follow me at JT Wister so, or our show at Locked On Utes and interact in the YouTube comments. Appreciate all of you. Continue to subscribe and support the show as we're well on our way to the road to 1,000 as we recently crossed over 900 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Can't thank you guys enough for your support on that. On today's show, we're diving into all things transfer portal related and we're going to close out with a little thing on Britton Covey. A chance to get a Super Bowl ring for one of the Everyone's fan, everyone's favorite Utah player has an opportunity to get a super ring. Just a great sentence to say. So it's going to be fun, fun to track and see if he can get it done. If he and the Eagles, especially this coming Sunday. And in order to help us talk about all that, and especially those transfer portal, it's friend of the show, Dante Guardi of Ute Zone. And Dante, we talk about the biggest winners from the transfer portal. It's obvious all of the players themselves, right? Leavon Demuni, Miles Battle, Cole Becker, Logan Fano, Emery Simmons. They're all massive winners because of what they get to come and join, in my opinion. They are joining a program where, number one, they get a chance to play more, right? That's why Miles Battle is coming over from Ole Miss. Emory Simmons had a couple solid years at IU, now looking to reap those benefits, taking a step up, joining Utah. Logan Fano, things didn't work out at BYU for whatever reason. Great opportunity for him to play with his brother, come here. Cole Becker in Colorado for so long, finally a chance to go somewhere and start winning a little bit. All of these guys themselves have great opportunities to grow and gain more. But what I think is more interesting is how the other players and people teammates, benefit, coaches, whatever it may be, benefit from their arrival. So let's start with Leovani DeMuni from Stanford. To me, the biggest winner from DeMuni's arrival is actually Lander Barton. Because in those third and long situations where maybe you still want two coverage linebackers on the field, you can put DeMuni out there because he's really strong coverage, and you can have Perene Reed. And you're like, well, how does that benefit Lander Barton? Well, Lander Barton's really good at rushing the quarterback, and is, he's, he's good in coverage. He's, he's solid, fine in coverage. But I think he's one of Utah's better pass rushers. So I really like using him as a blitzer, and I think this frees him up and allows him to get after the quarterback more. So I like that he's going to be rushing the quarterback more rather than being forced to drop back because Utah has that added depth at linebacker now. Most definitely. I mean, we saw what Lander was able to do um, when he was coming off the edge, coming on uh, down the middle through some blitzes and whatnot. But I mean, he's just a tremendous athlete. Simply put, you know, we yeah. all know, we all knew what we were getting coming uh, going into it, uh, mainly because of how high of a recruit that he was. Uh, we all knew his family members, obviously Jackson and uh, and Cody, are off in the NFL. We're both draft picks coming out of Utah, so uh, a lot of lineage before him that paved the way for him to, to do what he does now. So he obviously had. Uh, the work ethic and the love for Utah, given that his family went there. And obviously um, his film coming out of high school, his ranking said it all, said everything you need to know about his athletic ability and his just on-field uh, physical profile. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. I think that that situation that you kind of painted a picture of, that whole third and long type of thing with the two coverage linebackers, that was really, really a really good way to kind of analyze um, this Utah linebacker room because from what we saw last year, you know, Leonard Barton was the Pac-12 uh, freshman defensive player of the year, which is huge. And now this year we're getting Levani Daimuni to slot into the middle. That just gives him so many more opportunities, like you were saying, coming off the edge, coming through the middle, just getting home and sacking the quarterback 
which is going to give this Utah defense so much to look forward to next year, especially when you take into consideration all the other guys coming back, including some other transfers um, at other areas on the defensive side of the football. It's going to be a really fun uh, season. And I think Levante Damuni is going to create a lot of opportunities for other players, specifically Leonard Barton, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what he's able to do. So Damuni, a big transfer. Of all these transfers, he's the one probably I feel like will end up playing the most snaps overall too. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of that three rotation between Demuni, uh, Reed, and of course Lander. I mean, I've said before on this podcast, and I'll have to say it a few more times, I actually do think by the end of the 2023 college football season, Lander Barton will be the best defensive player on this Utah team. I think he's going to make that much of a second-year leap where he's just going to be that much of a dude. And I think part of the reason that is is because of the way he gets after the quarterback. But Demuni isn't the only major transfer this Utah team made on the defensive side of the ball. There's also Miles Battle, the corner coming over from Ole Miss, who's expected to see some snaps. And honestly, this one, I actually think the biggest winner is Smith Snowden and C.J. Blocker. And I think a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, well, isn't he going to take snaps away from them? Potentially, yes. But I'm looking more at the long-term success. I think Battle has a chance to be a great role model for these guys. Yes, Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton are also going to be exceptional role models who can set the standard and let them know what they look for in Utah. But Miles Battle has gone against some dudes these past couple years with Ole Miss. He's taken on those Alabama teams. They've taken on played Georgia too, I believe. So he's seen some elite receivers and also knows what it takes to try to slow those guys down. The defensive game plans he's been involved in, all those things. I think he's going to be an exceptional role model and leader for Smith and Blocker who can provide something a little different than, let's say, what Broughton and Zamaya Vaughn can too. Because, look, whenever you join this Utah football team, you're joining a strong culture. But I also think it can help to get that outside perspective a little bit too because, look, anytime you say SEC – that gains a level of respect. We know the level of play that conference brings. So when Miles Battle can say, here's what we did. I tried, I, this is what these Alabama guys would do to try to get open on their releases. So that's where you're going to see these guys, whether they're on USC or something like that, they're going to try to do the same thing like that. That commands a level of respect. As soon as you hear that, you're going to perk up and listen a little bit more. So I think that's where he's going to make a big impact on Smith Snowden and CJ Block coming over. Yeah, for me, I took a little bit of a different approach with it. Um, I think the biggest benefactors will be the safeties, just in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the cornerback cor- room, you got Zamaya Vaughn on one side, you got Miles Battle on the other side. Those are both two very good athletic corners, but what really sticks out about them is their height. You know, they're going to be able to take away a lot of those 50 50 balls. They're both six foot four, which is absolutely huge um, on those vertical passes down the field. So when it comes to that, when teams are going to try to stretch Utah vertically down the field, um, they have two cornerbacks that can go 50 50. They can go up and snatch one. They can go up and deflect a pass or do something good in those one on ones uh, downfield. So I think Miles Battle is going to help out a lot in that respect, which will also in turn kind of take some of the pressure off of uh, off of the safeties. You know, obviously they'll still have to yeah. play great, which I don't have any doubts about. I think this is going to be the best Utah safety room that we've seen since probably 2019. But regardless, um, it's going to help them out a lot that they're not going to have to be the sole, the sole reason why a pass is being broken up 20 yards down the field. You know, when you guys and I have on, when you got Miles Battle back there, it helps out a lot. And it's going to help out a lot, certainly, because Cole Bishop and Nate Ritchie, they don't have, they're not minus like size players. They don't have bad frames or anything, but it's just that they're not like elite specimens. They're not like a Marcus Williams, how we saw Utah, where he's able to just cover so much field at one time, at one time, able to just track so much range because of how wide he was. Um, you know, Cole Bishop and Nate Ritchie aren't that. And as good as they are, they're, they're, they're simply not Marcus Williams. They're not like, they don't yep. have that type of ability and coverage. Whereas Zamaya Vaughn and um, Miles Battle are going to take a lot of that pressure off you. And then also Morgan Scally, because he is the defense coordinator. I think it's just going to have a lot to, uh, a lot to um, kind of work with because you take a look back at Miles Battle's career. He was being coached under DJ Durkin at Ole Miss for a year. DJ Durkin might not be the best human. He has some pretty sh- shady stuff in his past, but 
I mean, his scheme in terms of defense is one of the more complex in college football. So in order to play for a defense of his and perform well in it, you have to really understand those concepts. And when you saw that year that Miles Battle had under DJ Durkin, it was extremely, extremely better than what he did last year. That 2021 yep. season was very good. That was the year that kind of jumps out, jumps out at you off the page and says, dang, this guy can be a really good cornerback in Pac-12. Um, so I think with him playing for a defense like that, it's going to help out a lot on Morgan Scali's part. And like I said, uh, the safeties because it's going to take away so much, uh, so much vertical passing from the other team, having Miles Battle and Zemire Vaughn back there. Yeah, I absolutely agree. He's a guy you feel good about there being out there on those third and long situations like we talked about with Demuni dropping in coverage. Miles Battle's been in some big games before. I don't doubt that he can hold up. Is he going to get beat every once in a while? Yeah, Clark Phillips did too last season. I think people forget that sometimes as well. And we know how good of a quarter Clark Phillips is, obviously. So exciting stuff for Miles Battle, what he's going to bring to the younger guys in the room and just add to the veteran impact of a proven guy who's gotten it done at the collegiate level can help out with winning too. We're going to talk about the other transfer additions in a moment and who's affected most by their arrival in a positive manner. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about our friends at FanDuel. At FanDuel this year, it's the only app you need at your Super Bowl party. America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. It's not too late, guys, to head over and get in on the action. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who will score a touchdown. There's even some other crazy and zany Super Bowl bets that we don't need to dive into on this podcast, but there's a there's a lot going on at FanDuel. We'll just say that. It's a super easy and safe app to download. It's also really secure, and you can get paid on your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Dante, coming back into this one, I think the next guy I really want to talk about is Cole Becker. Coming in, the kicker from Colorado who has accurate, who he's no can hit from 30 yards, but can even hit from that 40 plus yard range, which I think is really exciting. So who benefits most from his arrival? I think it's coach, coach Witt and Andy Ludwig because they feel good about now. It's like, okay, as soon as we, we were talking about last year, like as soon as they crossed the 50, it was like, all right, well, even like we just feel like we're in that fourth down range. We're kind of in no man's land. And even when they got to kind of down that the 30 and 40, it felt like still like, we just don't trust our kicker. So we got to continue to go for it and put ourselves in these difficult positions versus this year. I think they're going to have a lot of trust in Becker. He's a guy who's done it at the collegiate level now at a high level. We talked about the success he had with Colorado. I did just a moment ago. So I think coach Witt is going to feel a side of relief when he sits back and watch Cole Becker hit a 45 yarder. He's like, gosh, this is really nice to have a reliable kicker. And Andy Ludwig doesn't have to get roasted as much anymore. Cause it's like, man, our offense keeps stalling because he has to go for it on fourth and eight because we don't have a reliable kicker in that situation. So I think those two guys in particular will really benefit from Becker's addition. Yeah, I can't agree more. Uh, Witt was one of mine. I was going to say him, but uh, the other 10 players, I guess that I'll say, are whoever is on kickoff team because there have been so many moments over the past couple of years where we're watching Utah and it's a game that's like really high scoring where it's like if the defense just gets one stop, like we're right back in this and you never know that that type of win can change the whole trajectory of a season. You know, UCLA was probably the one that was most evident this season at Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Uh, in the, the year before, after Dalton Kincaid caught that game-tying touchdown for Bryson Barnes, that stadium erupted. It felt like Utah was right back in it, and then all of a sudden, the ensuing kickoff, Ohio State gets like a 50-yard return, makes it really easy to get into field goal range. They win the game. UCLA, same type of thing. Um, there was a touchdown scored, and then the ensuing kickoff, UCLA runs it back for like 50 yards, and it just takes all the energy um, out of this Utah team, I feel like, yep. because that's something that just doesn't help your defense in any way, shape, or form. It keeps the pressure on the offense. Just everything – 
nothing good comes about a situation like that. And now having a kicker in Cole Becker, who was three of five from 50 plus um, over the last two years at Colorado, it's really encouraging for this Utah football team. I think that touchbacks will be a lot more common. It's going to take a lot of pressure off the actual return team um, in order to get a stop when your kicker came and get it to the end zone. So it's going to open up a lot of different things, uh, especially for the offense, like you said, with Andy Ludwig and even coach Witt, you know, after that Oregon game, they said, coach, why don't you take that, uh, that, that, field goal to tie tie the game basically uh, with, with not much time left. And he said, well, I saw our kicker kicking and kicking it in practice. I don't think that will be the case with Cole Becker being the starting kicker. It would surprise me very much if it ever came to that because over the past couple of years, Utah special teams have been pretty much just down in the dumps. I don't think there's really yep. another way to put it. Um, and Cole Becker is going to help out, help, help out with that a lot. I think it's going to help pretty much every single aspect of the team, the coaches, the players, offense, defense, special team itself. I think this is just a great all-around move and one that benefits pretty much everyone. But most notably, I do think it's going to be the return team themselves because of the amount of touchbacks they increased that I believe that we're going to be um, going to be seeing with Cole Becker back there and a lot less like momentum, momentum changing, um, kind of just demoralizing returns that we'll see um, in pivotal points of games. I absolutely agree. Really excited about what Becker is going to bring to this team, not just in the field goal phase, but as you highlighted in the kickoff phase, it's going to be huge. Next guy, Logan Fano. This is kind of an interesting one because it's still, look, coming off a major injury, how much is he going to factor into things next year? Is it going to take him a year or two maybe to get back to that level he was at whenever you deal with an injury of that level? magnitude to your lower leg can take a little bit. I hope he's back at the level he's at right away. But in terms of who's going to be the biggest winner, whether it's this year or next season, I think it's Morgan Scally because of all the pass rushers on Utah's roster, I feel like Fano has the highest ceiling. So if he can reach that ceiling and get to that level, Morgan's not going to have to blitz constantly because Logan is going to be able to get pressure so you can rush for more frequently and have confidence that someone is going to be able to get home along your front four, which is something this Utah team. Look, Jonah Ellis flashed a lot of positive things too, but I think, like I said, Fano's ceiling, man, I really think he has a chance to get home at that high level, be an elite pack Pac-12 pass rusher that we haven't seen now since Tafua. We didn't have this most recent season, even to the level. I think Fano can get to Bradley and I level. That's how high I am on this guy. So I, I think Morgan Scali will be the biggest winner because he's like, I can get pressure with four. Bradley and I level is very good to hear. I love to hear that, but um, actually not, but I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I'm looking more toward more towards in terms of like iron sharpens iron. I think the entire defensive end room is going to benefit from this. When you yeah. go through practices, go through the off season, I think the presence of Logan Fano, being there and knowing how technical of a pass rusher he is, how good he was in high school, how high of a recruit he was, I think it's really going to send a message to the other guys competing for spots within the room and over the course of the summer, over the course of the spring, if Fano is healthy enough to go. I'm not sure what the exact uh, details are about his actual injury, but whenever he's on the field, whenever he's able to get out there and practice, I do think that he's going to kind of send a message, and it's just going to be a great um, way for these other defensive ends to kind of progress, and it's really going to be iron sharpens iron. So I'm looking at Van Fillinger, Connor O'Toole, uh, yep. Jonah Ellis, guys who got a lot of go last year, but maybe weren't as great as they thought. You know, even Van Fillinger, you know, I think we were all expecting a little bit more from him. Uh, Van, or, uh, Jonah Ellis, at least. Yep. I mean, he came on really well towards the end of the year, had a crazy like four game stretch. But still, at the beginning of the year, he wasn't that great. You know, I think it took him a couple of weeks for him to get his his first sack, his first couple pressure game. You know, that Florida game was wasn't that great. And he didn't really play that well throughout the non-conference. So I think with the addition of Logan Fano, we're going to be able to see these guys kind of come into their own and have a very good all around year while adding depth to this defensive end room. So I'm really looking at iron sharp as iron here. I think that this is a move that's going to benefit everyone and whoever comes out on top and wins those starting jobs at the defensive end position, probably going to be Van and Jonah um, as we expect, but say something else happens. I think that would say a lot about the defensive end room as a whole, rather than singling out saying 
why isn't Jonah getting as much go? Why isn't Van getting as much go? I think he's going to say more about whoever is stepping into their place and saying, hey, look at how much better this room has gone as a, as a whole and how much it's progressed since last season and how much of a better body of work we're getting week in and week out. So I think it's going to be a really good move to just strengthen the, def- the defensive end room as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to provide clarification too, so Fano's injury is an ACL injury. Um, he was able to get surgery on it a while ago, so we'll see what his – availability is going to be like i mean he got surgery back on march 15th so it ruled him out for the season we'll see what he looks like in terms of spring ball what he's getting up to speed but i do expect him to be able to contribute in fall camp and you even mentioned iron sharpening iron i think utah's offensive line too dealing with a pass rusher like that on the outside in yeah. fall camp it's going to be a nice addition for them to get those extra reps against an elite pass rusher too which hopefully utah football is a couple of those guys next year down to our final transfer emory simmons coming in from indiana over and joining to the utes and I actually think the biggest one this benefits is I'm going to stay with the coaches. I think this is Alvis Witted. I think this is his first guy that he brought in. This is a guy who he's told him, hey, this is how I want to run things. This is how I want to do things in that regard. So I think when you're looking at it, Coach Witted, this is a coach in the locker room for him, an extra guy who's going to be on the field, help him get out what he wants to do and be that extra presence there. It's the same thing as Miles Battle, though. I think he'll provide good leadership for the other guys. But in particular, I think Coach Witted is really going to like having a veteran on this group who's in line with his his vision because this is truly the first guy that he's brought on to the program. Definitely. I kind of look at this move as – the, the Jalen Dixon replacement, kind of that gadget receiver to yep. use in the red zone, kind of use whenever you need a big play, whenever you want to score, that sort of thing. We saw Jalen Dixon do a ton of things over the course of the season, getting in the end zone. He made that really nice catch against Washington State as well. So that's where I'm kind of looking to see where Zip Simmons is used. Some people might look at me when I say this and say, well, isn't he taking targets away from those guys, that being Devon Vela and Brad Keithy, who I think are the biggest benefactors here. But I really don't think it will because over the first few weeks of the year, I think we're going to see Zip Simmons in the end zone a couple of times, and it's going to really make defensive coordinators game plan for him and say, hey, when they're in the red zone and this guy's on the field, we have to make sure that he isn't getting the ball, which is going to open up a lot more opportunities for Brad Keithy, who we've seen dominate the Pac-12 for, for the last four and a half years, and Devon Vela, who we know is six foot five, has a great catch radius, and also returns punts, so he's got some shiftiness to him as well. These are two very good players, two NFL-type prospects, in my opinion, two guys that can maybe see some success at the next level. And at the college level, if you have a player like Zip, Zip Simmons, who defenses are kind of keying in on down in the red zone, it opens up a lot more opportunities for your two best receivers, which is going to give Utah's offense a lot more um, explosiveness. And then we also mentioned Cole Becker. Uh, they're not going to be as much pressure on the offense to just keep churning out first downs and eventually crack the end zone. The offense is just going to be a lot more um, open this year and versatile this year compared to last year, I think, where a lot of the times it felt like Utah was kind of like trapped in a box at times because of just other circumstances that couldn't go in their favor. But now it's like this offense is so versatile, has so many weapons, and Zip Simmons is only going to open up opportunities for not only himself, but like I said, Brent Keithy and Dalton Kid. I mean, no. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, it, it, we're all still getting used to Dalton being gone. It's going to be tough, but that's right. what's nice about <laughs> a guy like Brant coming back to soften the blow, too. So exciting additions for all these transfers. It'll be fun to see how they do benefit the Utah football team starting as soon as spring ball, which I believe we are just about six weeks away from, which is crazy to think about in general we're gonna come back in a moment and talk about a former ute in britain covey having a chance at a super bowl but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu love where you bank their valentine's holiday special love where you bank for uccu is a promise made by a local non not-for-profit financial institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise. They pioneer new technologies that make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They create new products and services that add real value to their members. 
They provide easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. There are many reasons to love banking with UCCU, and now UCCU will share 14 reasons to love where you bank. Here's the best part. UCCU is also giving you a stay at the Grand America, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa until Valentine's Day on both Facebook and Instagram. See why you'll love banking with UCCU when you see a post, love it, and you'll automatically be entered for a chance to win that Grand America experience included with that spa trip. You can enter each day. Visit UCCU's.com's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day and enter to win. UCCU, love where you bank. Dante, Eric Weddle, Matt Gay became Super Bowl champions. And now Britton Covey has a chance to do the same thing with the Philadelphia Eagles. One of a lot of people's all-time favorite You Just a great guy all around. I think everyone's happy he's going to get this opportunity. So the question is, we'll talk about if he can get the Super Bowl win in a second. The, I think the other thing that's important is, is he going to be able to see the field return punts? Now, he has been returning a lot of punts for the Eagles or should back there to return them. They haven't been doing, doing a good job blocking for him, so he's just had a fair catch most of them. But they have thrown Devontae Smith back there a few times. I love Devontae Smith, but Devontae better not take Britain's opportunity to get on the field in the Super Bowl. I want to see Britain out there a little bit. I'm going to say Britain gets at least one opportunity to return a punt and he'll take it for over 10 yards. I really hope so. I really hope so. And I didn't really hear much about the Devontae Smith thing until you brought it up. So now I'm a little bit worried. Hopefully you're right. And he doesn't take any of Britain's chances because that would be a little bit unfortunate on my end because I'm really just watching it. I want the Eagles to win just because of Britain Covey. I don't really have a rooting interest for either side. So I'm rooting for the Eagles. I think they can get the job done. I think that they're just the more well-rounded team, but in terms of, of Britain Covey, I mean, what an opportunity, you know, what, what a story, what an opportunity, just all, all the chances are there for the taking for him here. And if he can make his presence felt with a nice return, that would be so big in this game because I mean, it's probably going to be close. You know, you got the Eagles probably have the better yep. defense, but you look at the chiefs, they got Patrick Mahomes, who's probably the best football player in the world right now. So, I mean, really even matchup, the spread will tell you the same thing. The Eagles are only favored by a point and a half. So, I mean, it's going to be a really close game. And if Covey's able to just make a little bit of an impact, that could go a long way in terms of flipping the field and getting the Eagles um, in a good spot to start a drive that could end up being pivotal. So, I'm really hoping that we get the same returns and punts. Like you said, the blocking really hasn't been there from the Eagles um, over the course of this playoff playoff run. But, I mean, we know what Brenton did at Utah. We know he's got the skill. And he's had some decent uh, performances throughout the course of the season. So, he's shown he can do it at this level. And, obviously, the Eagles still like him. If he was doing a bad job, he wouldn't be returning punts at this point in the season. But he still is. So, they like what they're seeing out of him. And I, I really hope that he does get a couple of good opportunities to return some punts in this game because it would be really awesome to see after uh, seeing all the great things that he did at the University of Utah. Yeah, and I don't think it's an indictment on Britain if he doesn't get it. Britain's not Devontae no. Smith. We know that. Devontae Smith is the only wide receiver to win the Heisman we've seen in the in the most recent college football era. So I don't think it's anything against him. It's just you want the ball in your special playmakers. So we think he'll get an opportunity. We hope he will. But the question is, does he get a Super Bowl ring? Dante, unfortunately, as much as I hate to be the bearer of bad news, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this one. I don't like to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think he's special. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches of the modern era. When you look at Travis Kelsey, too, um, you guys can head on the overall the locked on NFL shows to see this get broken down more. I really hope Britton Covey gets a Super Bowl win for him. Jalen Hurts is one of the best stories in the NFL recently. That team is loaded with veterans and guys who have just worked hard, and I wouldn't be mad at all if they won it. Brian Johnson also getting it, I think, would be yeah. outstanding with the Eagles. Um, but unfortunately, I do think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Do you think Britton Covey gets Super Bowl ring? I'm going to say I do. I'm hey. going to say Eagles win this one 34 to 28. Okay, uh, pretty close game. I wouldn't be shocked to see it be closer than that. I mean, in, in all honesty, it really could come down to the last field goal of the game. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. this is maybe these are the two best teams in the NFL. I wouldn't really ask for another matchup. Like, these are the two most 
two most complete teams um, in the NFL, like in terms of just overall defense, like the Eagles have it all, you know, Darius Slay yep. and, um, and uh, yeah, they have another one too. They're two, their cornerbacks are ridiculous. James, James Bradbury, Bradbury. Yeah. James Bradbury. Yes. Their cornerbacks are ridiculous. I think they'll be able to hang with um, the receivers on Kansas city for a little while. And obviously Mahomes is still going to get his, you know, that's what he does. He's going to make a handful of crazy plays. Where we're just like, how is this guy even human? Yeah. Because that's just what he does. You know, he's such a great player, but I, you know, I really do like what I've seen out of Jalen hurts. And I, I think it's going to be really tough for Kansas city to force turnovers against this Eagles team. I think that if there's a offensive line that can handle Chris Jones on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's the Eagles. They'll mm-hmm. be able to run the ball. Well, I think they'll be able to open up the play action late in the game. And with those receivers, Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that in terms of weapons. So I, I do think the Eagles win this game. It'll be close though. I wouldn't be shocked to see the chiefs win, but um, uh, give me the Eagles for sure. And then it's funny because we were talking about Devonte Smith returning punts. And it's like, we talk about that 2020 season when he won the Heisman. I always looked at that season as just like, his highlight tape because that season yeah. was just all him. Like he is such a, such a stud. And I mean, it, it's good to see him do well in the NFL because I know there were a lot of concerns with him uh, as a rookie because of his size, but it's nice to see him just prove everyone, everyone wrong because at Bama, he was, he was a different breed for sure. Yeah. He was putting up great numbers last season too. And now look, they got AJ Brown. So he takes some of the targets too, but Smith has still been a force for the Eagles on the outside. So it's gonna be fun to see what he can do. We hope you all have a great Super Bowl weekend and Hey, We'll all be winners if Britton Covey at least returns one to the house. I don't. It's. Not, I don't oh, think. Sure. I don't remember when the last time it's been done or anything like that in the Super Bowl. I think Devin Hester had a kickoff return one time, but man, it would be special if Britton was able to take one back. So it'll be fun to watch and see. We appreciate you guys tuning in to the Locked On Network all week. Dante gave his sports game prediction. I'll give mine. I'll say 34-31. I think the Chiefs narrowly edge it out, and Coach Witt's son gets another Super Bowl ring. And by extension, Coach Witt might. Coach Witt will be happy for him too. So it'll be fun to see how it all shakes out in the end. Big thanks to Dante as always for joining us. Make sure you guys head over to Ute Zone to check out all the great content he has cooking up. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast where they get big expert in interviews, big guests, coaches, players, insiders, all of that available on Locked On College Basketball. You can find them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys again for listening to Locked On Utes all week long. Have a great Super Bowl watch party, and we'll see you next week on Locked On Utes.